Hey guys, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Sisters Spooked, the podcast where two sisters talk about all the creepy things. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a scary story, suggestions for an episode, or anything really, please email us at sisterspooked at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at sisters underscore spooked. And we also have a secret Facebook group, Sisters Spooked Secret Group. Our website is sisterspooked.com, where you'll be able to find our blog and much more. We're so excited to have you. It's time to get spooky. Sister Spooked contains graphic and explicit content. We recommend to listen at your discretion, but we hope you stay for the show. Thanks for listening. So how was your barn dance last night? Oh no, um, the barn dance wasn't last night. The barn dance was Friday night. Oh, how was that? Um, well, it was okay. I mean, I like the barn. There was a bonfire, so. Oh, nice. Still there. I don't know. Not really my scene. Well, I mean, our barn dance is really anyone's scene. Um, yes. Apparently, the answer is yes. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. That's alright, that's pretty fun. That's good. Ah, the microphone. I had ice cream sitting on my table, my desk, in my room. Mm-hmm. And Julianne was watching the dogs. I had a meeting to go to. And I come back, and the ice cream's gone. And I was like, oh, Julianne, did you eat my ice cream? And she was like, no. And I was like, what the fuck? What happened to it then? And she was like, oh, I think I heard Rosie, like, messing around in your room. And I was like, okay, well, she somehow got onto my desk and (laughs) ate my ice cream. (sighs) Whoops. But she's so cute, though. That doesn't matter. (laughs) You're ruthless. Why did you mute up? Sorry, one, I was going to go into the room and then Juan was like, no, just come out here. I'll put my headphones in. And he did, but it looks like the TV is, the volume is muted and I don't know what that means. So he's probably creepily listening to everything that I'm saying. (laughs) He's totally listening. So what quiz do you guys have to take? Um, it's for ruminant nutrition. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week's topic is haunted jails. And my jail is Alcatraz. Rachel, do you really know anything about Alcatraz? I mean, I know, like, that's the one in California, right? Yeah. I mean, I know, I don't really know anything about the hauntings. I, I didn't know there were hauntings there, but I, I know what Alcatraz is. I know that it's kind of like a tourist location now that you can yeah. go through and stuff. Yeah. That's, it's on an island, right? Yeah, it's on an island. It's like a mile and a half off the coast of California. So you have to take a ferry or something to get over there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So... 
Alcatraz was an active high-security prison located in the San Francisco Bay from 1934 to 1963. Alcatraz Island, although quite small, housed a lighthouse, a military fortification, a military base, and a federal prison. Currently, the National Park Service manages Alcatraz Island, and visitors can tour the island by taking a ferry over from the mainland. So Alcatraz was home to two different prisons. The Alcatraz prison was used to house soldiers convicted of crimes, prisoners of war, and private citizens accused of treason. The Alcatraz Penitentiary became an active prison on October 12, 1933. It was designed to hold prisoners who caused problems at other prisons. Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary opened with a staff of 155 people, and there were 137 prisoners in the first wave of inmates that were transferred that were transferred to the prison. Prisoner, wait, real quick. Wait, wait, what? real quick. Yeah. Tell Juan that I'm not going to accept his message request on Sister Spook. Why? <laughs> Dude, I I keep getting notifications for people sending you stuff because I know that they think they're sending it to you and that we don't share the account. And I got this notification, like from like I didn't realize that it was on the sister spooked account, and it was like from somebody that I had no idea who it was <laughs> at all. None. And I was like, what the hell? When did I send somebody this? Like somebody that I don't even know. Like what the what the heck is happening? And I was like, it's like made me super anxious. I was like, what the heck? And then yeah, I realized. That That's funny. Just... Well, Juan just sent a picture of me that he took while he was sitting on the couch, and I'm recording over here on the floor. <laughs> so you can view that if you want to. <laughs> well, you already looked at it, I think. Uh, you Three, can still I... look at it, I think. Oh no, you can't. That's like stupid. Snapchat, I guess. All right. Well, oh, gonna... it was it was Cindy. Oh. I was like, okay. Who the hell is Cindy? And when did I send two girls one ghost? <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god. That's hilarious. But yeah, everyone, if you message us on Instagram or Twitter, we will respond. Most likely, it'll be me, but one of us no, will. No, I'll see it. Well, okay. The person responding may be you, but I will be lurking. <laughs> Rachel's the lurker. Stephanie's the responder. <laughs> uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. There were 137 prisoners in the first wave of inmates that were transferred to the prison. Prisoners were handcuffed and transported via rail, and the train cards... Train cars were guarded by 60 FBI agents, U.S. Marshals, and railway security officials. The prisoners were comprised of bank robbers and murderers. Is this a high max security, max security prison? Yeah. I mean, it's on an island, so. That's, that's true. Very true. Alcatraz was home to some of the most notorious criminals, Al Capone, Robert Franklin Stroud, or Birdman, George Machine Gun Kelly, Bumpy Johnson, Raphael. Machine Gun Kelly? Yep. The rapper. Why was Machine Gun Kelly? If you didn't know. <laughs> Are you lying? No. His name, the guy, 
That's where Machine Gun Kelly got his name from. Uh, this guy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, no, well, well, I thought that. And then you're like, yeah, the rapper. And I was like, wait, for real? <laughs> no, that was a joke. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's very much news to me. I did not know <laughs> that he was in a high-max security prison. Right. Um, okay, so Machine Gun Kelly, Bumpy Johnson, Raphael Cancel, Cancel, Miranda, Mickey Cohen, Arthur R. Doc Barker, Alvin Creepy, Carpus, and many more. Well, I don't know who most of those people are, anyways. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, they're old time people now, so I'm not surprised, but. All right. Alcatraz workers claimed that no prisoners successfully completed an escape, and over the course of the penitentiary being opened, uh, 36 prisoners made 14 escape attempts. Out of those 36 prisoners, 23 were caught alive, 6 were shot and killed, 2 drowned, and 5 were listed as missing and presumed drowned. Alcatraz was 3 stories tall and had 4 cell blocks. The cells lacked privacy and were about 9 feet by 5 feet and 7 feet wide. Black people were segregated from other inmates and the D block housed the worst prisoners. The five cells at the end of the block were called the hole. And this is where prisoners who acted rebellious were sent and received brutal punishment. And only 7 feet tall. So very cramped. Okay, so here is a list of, like, the famous prisoners and some things that they have done that can be, I guess, attributed to why it's haunted and all that jazz. So, Ed Wutke was the first prisoner to complete suicide in the jail. Roof Perceval chopped off his fingers after grabbing an axe off a fire truck. Robert Stroud, the birdman of Alcatraz, originally sent to prison at 19 and spent 17 years at Alcatraz. Stroud killed a guard and frequently started fights with other inmates. He spent 42 out of his 54 years in prison in solitary confinement. Henry Young. Henry Young murdered an inmate, Rufus McCain, who worked at in the tailor shop in the jail. Young stabbed him in the neck and he died from the injury. He spent 22 months in solitary confinement before he attempted the murder. And we'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about the haunting as well. Joseph Bowers attempted the first escape on April 27th of 1936. He was caught scaling a fence at the edge of the island when he noticed, when he was noticed. Because he refused the orders of the officers to climb back down, he was shot. He didn't die from the wound, but since he was so high up on the fence, he eventually passed away from the injury he obtained during his fall to the ground. Oh, wow. I know, it's crazy. Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe attempted a second escape on December 16th of 1937. They attempted to escape during one of their work shifts. They cut the iron bars of the window and climbed into the bay. Because it was so stormy, which made the sea rough, authorities believed that they drowned on the way to the mainland. Okay, Bernard Coy, Joseph Kretzer, and 
Sam Shockley, Clarence Carnes, Marvin Hubbard, and Mirren, Mirren Thompson attempted the most violent escape on May 2nd through May 4th of 1946. This was known as the Battle of Alcatraz. The men were, yeah. The men were able to take control of their cell block where they were housed by overpowering correctional officers, which allowed them access to enter the weapons room. After this, they were able to obtain the keys to the outdoor recreation center. The guard, William Miller, that they, the guard, William Miller, that they retrieved the keys from, gave the men all of his keys except the one that opened the door that led outside of the prison, which he was able to remove and hide in his pocket. Once the men realized what the guard had done, they had nothing left to do but duke it out with the prison guards. They were able to hold a second guard, guard, a second guard hostage, but Shockley, Thompson, and Carnes returned to their cells when they realized the escape plan had failed, but Coy, Kretzner, and Hubbard continued fighting eventually so the were US... the other ones were Go the ahead. other ones like the ones that returned back they were just like all right let's take this l and just head back to us yeah <laughs> basically basically like, right, like, we, tried it. <laughs> we tried it didn't go as planned so we out <laughs> um but they did get in trouble <laughs> well, it's not like it just erases the fact that we tried to escape. You're like, yeah, I know, but like, you went back to ourselves. We were good. Yeah, we still right. tried to escape. <laughs> exactly. So, eventually, the U.S. Marine Corps intervened, and they were able to kill the remaining three prisoners. So, in this whole battle, 17 guards were injured, two were killed, and three the three inmates were murdered. For the inmates that survived, Shockley Wait, and Tom... You- didn't you say there were only four blocks? Like, four cells? Four cell blocks. So, the, like, four different sections of the gel. Of the gel. Of the jail. Oh. So there were, like, hundreds of rooms, but oh. there's... Yeah, there, the cell blocks are... So there was cell A through D. So I believe when I was reading this, it was cell D that they were in cell D or cell A. I can't remember. I should have written it down, but I didn't. Okay. I was very confused. Okay. Sorry. It's like, how, how are, how are five prisoners in total involved? Yeah. When there's only four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yes, four cell blocks, which contains hundreds of rooms. So Shockley and Thompson, were sentenced to death via the gas chamber, and those were two of the three inmates that were just like, peace out, good, we, we had a good run, we're going back to our rooms. And um, the other boy, Carnes, was only 19 at the time, so he was given, instead of them murdering him, well, I guess it wouldn't technically be murder, well, I'm not going to get into that, because the death sentence is very controversial, but he was given a second life sentence instead of um, having the death penalty put upon him. Another escape attempt. On June 11th of 1962, Frank Morris, John Anglin, and Clarence Anglin, uh, those two were brothers, John and Clarence, attempted to escape Alcatraz. They knew that behind their cells in cell block B, 
that there was an unguarded three-foot-wide utility corridor. They were able to chisel away the damaged concrete on the ground by their air vents, and the sound of them chipping away was covered by the accordions that were played during music hour. <laughs> Which sounds absolutely For real. <laughs> it really is. I lost my spot. Oh, there we go. Their project, or their project, their progress was also concealed by false walls, which fooled the guards when it was dark. Their escape route led to a, a fan vent, and the men removed the fan and the motor and replaced them with a steel grill, which left a large space for them to enter. Wait, my question is, you said they were brothers, right? Two of them, yeah. Wait, why would you put people who know each other in the same prison i feel like it's just asking for them to try and communicate in some way and try and like yeah. work something like that out i agree and how do they even communicate with like plans to do this uh, who was just who was just were they really that unlike guarded well i mean you have to figure that the prisoners are allowed to just walk around during the day and hang out in the main area well, they should be supervised and not able to make escape plans. <laughs> you would think that the security would be a little bit better in a, you know, high security kind of tension. Well, I mean, well, I mean they, whatever whatever you're saying right now, they, they failed, right? So well, yeah. I mean, also it was like early ni- uh, in the 1900s. It was like 1930. Oh. <laughs> so... Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a little Yeah. In that space for them to enter where they removed the fan and the motor, they, oh, I'm sorry. When they were getting ready to escape, they placed paper mache dummies of their heads, and they were even able to put hair on the dummies with hair that they stole from the barber shop. How they had time to make a paper mache replica of their head, I don't know. <laughs> What was it? Just during arts times, like probably prisoners are making, and then no one questioned them. Like, why are you making a paper mache head? I mean, I definitely don't think they were trying to like rehabilitate anyone at Alcatraz. So maybe they just were able to steal it and have it in their but area without it being noticed. But again, who who's gonna sit and have that? Who's gonna sit and have paper mache dummies? What the heck? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I mean, like, where where are they gonna steal it from? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, somebody is making them, right? So, yes. Yeah, so they placed paper mache things of their heads on their pillows to make it look like they were in bed, and they were able to also steal over fifty raincoats, which they kept on the top of the cell block and concealed from guards by sheets that um they had put up over the sides. And they escaped through a vent in the roof, and a fourth prisoner, Alan West, was originally part of the group but was left behind. So West's false wall kept slipping. And so he was, like, scared that one of the guards was going to walk by and see it. So he... (laughs) Ah, the genius. His solution was to hold it in place with cement, which ended up setting. 
Oh my god. <laughs> what an it where are they getting this stuff from? I don't know. <laughs> where the hell are they, they just getting cement? I don't know. I don't know if they were are like working with cement to maybe that was like their task at the jail for the good inmates they were allowed to like make stuff with cement i don't know i don't know what's going on there um so yes so morrison uh anglin both of the anglins moved up the escape schedule and west desperately tried to chip away at the wall to get the you know cement that he put on there away but by the time he was able to escape the other men were already gone the official FBI report states that the prisoners drowned in the water while trying to swim to the mainland. And so the U.S. Marshals also created a case file for this as well. And the U.S. Marshal case file actually does still remain open. And the the men are active on the wanted list and states that a raft was discovered near Angel Island and in 1955, a blue Chevrolet was stolen on the night the three men escaped, and it's thought that the FBI just wanted to cover up the men escaping to kind of keep their reputation that they were like the toughest jail and able to keep everyone at bay. Wow. I know. So, I just remembered a story that was in the news, and I think we had previously talked about this, but. Le- uh, what is this? Twenty nineteen, twenty in twenty eighteen. Um, there was a letter sent to the FBI. Wait, you think we have talked about this before? Yeah, I, I swear that we've talked about this, but let me find the portion of the article that I'm trying to read to you. Oh, here. So one of the escaped in twenty thirteen. One of the escaped or alleged escaped uh, members from Alcatraz, John Anglin, wrote a letter to the FBI saying, My name is John Anglin. I escaped from Alcatraz in June of 1962 with my brother Clarence and Frank Morris. I'm 83 years old and in bad shape. I have cancer. Yes, we all made it that night, but barely. And the letter states that Frank Morris and Clarice Anglin passed away in 2005 and 2008, respectively. He then goes on to offer to give himself up to authorities in exchange for medical treatment and a one-year prison sentence. The authorities would make would need to make the announcement on TV. Then the author states, I will write back to let you know exactly where I am. This is not a joke. Um, the oh, FBI- I think I do remember you mentioning this. Yeah, I swear we talked about it actually in one of our other episodes, but I can't remember. So the FBI ultimately did not take the bait, but did take the letter seriously enough to complete handwriting analysis, fingerprinting, and DNA tests, which all came back inconclusive. Since this letter... I mean, I feel like you can't really... I mean, let's see, we're going from the last handwriting they would have had from him would have been like six uh like 50 60 years old yeah or like 40 50 years old i mean it's not gonna look the same probably not i mean my handwriting has changed even from a couple years ago 
Yeah, same. So, um, but since this letter, there have been no further correspondence, and John Anglin, if he did survive, would have celebrated his 88th birthday on May 2nd, 2018. And that was an article from CBS News that I found that in. Oh. But, yeah, I I remembered that while I was writing this, but I didn't put it in there. But, yep, so it's said that all three of them actually lived, which I think is crazy. But, I mean, good for them that they were able to hide it for this long, if they are still alive. But That was pretty crazy. Yeah, so that was their escape. Um, and then this other guy named Arthur Barker was a member of the Barker Carpus gang. And Barker was sentenced to Alcatraz in 1935. He, est- uh, oh my gosh, I cannot speak. He attempted to escape in 1939 and was killed by the guards. Wow. Yes, it's crazy. Um, Juan is mimicking me. <laughs> um, okay, so the next person on here is Al Capone, or better known as Scarface. He arrived to Alcatraz in 1934, and Capone was a master manipulator and continued running his rackets and buying off guards while he was in prison. He served about four years before developing tertiary syphilis and poor mental health. He was then transferred to the Federal Correctional Institution at Terminal Island in L.A. Um, The next person on here is Mikey Cohen. He worked for the Mafia's gambling rackets. Oh, Cohen. That, we talked about Co- Cohen Brothers or something like that. Oh, um, did we? When, in the Valentine episode. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Was he, like, was he in the... In the um, Valentine Day Massacre, whatever. It didn't. It didn't say in this article. Well, let me look it up really quick. I swear we talked about him, unless everyone in the mafia is just named Cohen. (laughs) Well, I think you did the Valentine's Massacre, right? Uh, Yeah, I did. I remember talking about one or two Cohens. Let's see. I don't think so. He was in a New York uh, mafia. Um, Oh no. Yeah, his gang was killed in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Hey. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah. So, Mikey Cohen, who worked for the Mafia's gambling racket, it's kind of funny because he wasn't really put in jail for anything notoriable. He was put in jail because they got him for tax evasion, and they sentenced him to 15 years in Alcatraz prison, which I also find hilarious because I'll- I think I I think I mentioned that because I I can't I can't remember I I don't know if they were I th- no I think it might have been someone else but I remember like when I did when I covered that I was going more extensively on somebody like another person because they thought that they were guilty but then they ended up getting arrested for something like tax evasion so I don't know if it was him or if it was I think you else. did I think you did talk about it. I cannot remember though. I that was a long time. That was like February. <laughs> but yeah, so they got him for tax evasion and then sentenced him to 15 years in Alcatraz, <laughs> which yeah. I was 
cracking up at because Alcatraz was supposed to be reserved for like the worst of the worst criminals. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. I was like, how do you decide who goes there? Because it's like you have to bank on there being enough enough murderers and or whatever else. Like you have to bank on there being enough to fill those, right? Yeah. Yep. So um he ended up not serving all of the years in Alcatraz and he was transferred to the US penitentiary in Atlanta. When he was in Atlanta, he was attacked by Burl Estes McDonald with a lead pipe, and this left him partially paralyzed. He was released in 1972 and went on to live the rest of his life surrounded by family and friends. Aww. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Uh, so Bumpy Johnson, who was often referred to as the godfather of Harlem, he was a black gangster, numbers operator, racketeer, and bootlegger in Harlem. He was sentenced to Alcatraz because he was believed to have ties to the escape of Frank Morris, John, and Clarence Anglin, the three guys who supposedly are still alive and made it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Okay, talked about it. I know, I just wanted to make sure. Um, Okay, and then the next dude on here, Alvin Francis Karpovic, or as people like to call him, Creepy Karpus. (laughs) Um, And he was nicknamed that for his sinister smile when he was committing his crimes. He was one of the three leaders. Ew, stop! Juan just creepily smiled at me, <laughs> and it creeped me out so bad. Stop. Weirdo. Um, what am I saying? Yeah, he was one of the three leaders of the mob Barker Carpus gang, and he was named public enemy number one by J. Edgar Hoover. And there were there have been four public enemy number ones. I didn't write them down, but... This was the only one taken in alive. What does that really? What does that mean? I I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> well, you can't just say something like that and not know what it holds. Like Rachel, what? all I I can just say. Okay. No, but I want to know. Okay, what well, public hold on. Number one mean. I'm looking it up now. What's his name? Creepy Carpus. No, I just want to know what public enemy number one means. Okay, well, hold on. Why are you getting mad? (laughs) Questioning me about things that I don't know. Well, it's not like you can't look it up. Okay, so, per Wikipedia, public enemy number one is a variation of the term public enemy, which was first widely used in the U.S. in the 1930s to describe individuals whose activities were seen as criminal and extremely damaging to society. So it's basically, like, public enemy number one is, like, basically the number one threat to the public at the moment. Yes. Uh, John Dillinger was also a public enemy number one. Yeah. Where else? Who else? Who was enemy number one? Okay. Dillinger, Floyd, Nelson, and Carpus. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, Babyface Nelson, Pretty Boy oh. Floyd, John Dillinger. Wait, Babyface Nelson? What the heck? What? Yes. They- Was he part of the yes. mafia too? What the heck? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of ties back to the St. Valentine's Day Massacre episode. Wow. And it all comes full circle, folks. (laughs) All right. So he was named public enemy number one by J. Edgar Hoover, and he was the only one that was captured alive. He spent 26 years in Alcatraz. He murdered 10 people, kidnapped six, as well as committed bank robberies and uh, possibly many more murders. So he was dangerous. (laughs) Um, So the next guy on here is George Kelly Barnes or Machine Gun Kelly. And he was in Alcatraz from 19... MGK! Ew, stop. (laughs) So he was in Alcatraz from 1934 to 1951. He boasted about bank robberies and murders that he had never committed, and the wardens considered him to be a model inmate. Um, Okay, the last guy on here, and then we'll start getting into some of the creepy stuff. There's really not that much creepy things as I thought there was going to be. You should have done Statesville. Yeah, I could have, but I just, I don't know, I like Alcatraz too. Yeah, we don't have it doesn't have to just be horror like Yeah. So uh the last guy on here is Rafael Cancel Miranda and he was sent to Alcatraz after he entered the US Capitol building and he was armed with automatic pistols and fired thirty shots. He hit five Congress people, but all of them ended up surviving, which is good. So, I mean, good for them, bad for him, because he still went to Alcatraz, so. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks for him, but, you know, can't just go in shooting up people and not expect to have a consequence. Yeah. All right. So, now we'll get into kind of, like, the creepy things of Alcatraz. Um, So, the first thing is going to be about Al Capone. So Al Capone did not die in Alcatraz. Obviously, he was transferred out because he somehow managed to get syphilis. Um, (laughs) How? I don't know. I don't want to know. But Al Capone served 11 years in Alcatraz and completed three rounds in, quote unquote, what is called the hole. The only things inmates were allowed to take. Well, that's probably where he got syphilis. Well, probably. (laughs) So the only things inmates were allowed to take with them were musical instruments. So Wait, Al- you know what? what's funny? What? Um, Al Capone also stayed at the prison I'm doing. Oh, in the Eastern State? Yeah. Interesting. Oh, well, I'm excited to hear about yours. One of my favorite YouTubers, um, Mikey for Glam and Gore. Have you ever watched her? Um, I don't even know what you're saying. Like, is that her YouTube name or? Yeah. Mikey Glamengore? Well, her name is Mikey, but her channel is Glamengore. No, I don't. I don't watch that stuff. Okay, well, you I should. I actually didn't even know it, that existed. Oh, okay. Well, you should watch it because it's really, I really like her channel. But anyway, so last year she did a series where she like did her makeup in haunted places. And 
<laughs> it was actually quite I loved it. It was such a good series. Um, but this year she's going around and ghost hunting in the most famous haunted places. So I'm hoping she goes back to the Eastern State Penitentiary, but we'll see what she does. <laughs> so I'm excited and looking forward to your episode topic. So um <laughs> Um, Al Capone took his banjo and would play in cell 181 for hours. So although Al did not perish in Alcatraz, many visitors and rangers have reported hearing the banjo playing in the showers, and his cell door has often been seen swinging wide open when obviously no one is in there. Okay. All right, this next guy, Rufus McCain, the one who killed the other inmate, um, and he didn't die right away. So, Rufus McCain attempted to escape Alcatraz, but it did not go as planned. Rufus and Henry were sentenced to 22 months of solitary confinement, and once they returned back to their regular cells, Henry stole a spoon and went to where Rufus was working, and he stabbed him in the neck with the handle. Rufus did not immediately die, um, but he slowly passed away five hours later. It is said that when a new inmate started to occupy McCain's old cell, he was awakened by a dark shadow with glowing red eyes, and he was found the next morning with unexplained marks all over his body, purple-faced, bulging eyes, and dead. Many believe that the murder was Rufus McCain. Which is creepy as hell. <laughs> okay. Um, so after the Battle of Alcatraz, it's said that bangs and unexplained noises can be heard from behind the locked door that the inmates could not open when they were trying to leave. Hmm. Yes. Um, the next bullet here is because so many inmates were quote-unquote mad by the time they left Alcatraz, it's reported that there are, like, you can just hear random whispering, um, muffled whispering and talking at all hours of the day because of, like, I mean, all the people who obviously were stuck in solitary confinement or put down into the hole, um, which would obviously make me go mad. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I have is ghostly apparitions have been seen floating around the corridors and they have heard them taking, taking, talking, muffly, um, jingling keys and slamming doors. So, it's creepy. <laughs> yes. And to visit Alcatraz, I thought that I had the info pulled up, but apparently I do not. <sighs> Let's see. My dad went to Alcatraz. Ooh, did he? Oh. Creepy. So for a day tour, which is approximately two and a half hours, you it's only thirty nine ninety one. For a night tour. It's 46.26, and that's a two-hour and 40-minute tour. 
and an Alcatraz behind the scenes tour is approximately four to five hours, and that's eighty-eight twenty-six. The Alcatraz ticket and Angel Island combination island hop tour. Um, currently, this is sold out. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, apparently Juan says there's an escape from Alcatraz Marathon. Huh? Oh my god. Oh, it's a triathlon. Escape oh. from Alcatraz Triathlon. That's funny. That's creepy. <laughs> the more I know. Oh, it, it was September. Oh, next year it's on September 10th. So anyone who's extremely athletic and in great shape, you can do the Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon. And they've been holding it for 40 years. Wow. Wait, 40? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So since the 70s, well, 80s, since the 80s. Hmm. Interesting. Crazy. Well, yeah, that's my story. What do you think? Um, I I don't really know most of the people that you were talking. Well, I guess I knew more than I thought because they're in the um Valentine's Day massacre. But yeah, I mean, what, is there a reason? Why is there a reason why it's no longer in use? Is it just outdated or? Well, I know, like, when I was reading through some of the stories, the cement was just kind of starting to crumble away. And I think it was just because, like, so many people had, quote, unquote, escaped from Alcatraz. So I think it was just kind of like a something that they didn't want to invest money in to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Because so many things had, like, been happening and going wrong. So, and that's just, like, my personal thought. I... I didn't actually research why it closed. Mm. But that's my inkling just from all of the crap that's happened there. Mm -hmm. So. I see. Yes. But. Yeah. So I guess we'll hear a word from our sponsors. All right. Well, we waiting on you, girl. Uh, we we back from our sponsors. Living life, doing the things. Okay. Did you guys already drink that vodka I got you for your 21st birthday? Oh, no. I use it to make margaritas, and other than that, I have not drank it. Ew, you use vodka yes, to make okay. margaritas? Because we what didn't have fuck? tequila. We didn't have tequila. Tequila's expensive, but it tastes really good. I'm always like, oh, nasty. Listen, tequila's too expensive. Who do you think I am? The cheap tequila is not that expensive. Still pretty expensive, and I already had vodka. Oh, <laughs> it actually tasted really good. Well, that's good. My prison, otherwise known as penitentiary, penitentiary. Shut up. <laughs> what? I said it wrong. Oh, I thought you were making fun of me. No. What? Where's the correlation? Do you think I have a memory that good to make fun of you for saying a word that you said yesterday? couldn't remember you if you said penitentiary wrong. What? 
Okay, anyway. Okay. So. Restarting. Okay. So my ghastly prison is Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, Isn't this it was, penitentiary? It's penitentiary. You told me yesterday that it was penitentiary. 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 <laughs> There's an I in there, okay? Okay. Okay. Eastern. Wait, when did I tell you yesterday that it was penitentiary? Penitentiary. 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 Maybe it's both. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah, let's look up Penitentiary Pronunciation. Oh, it'd help if I spelled pronunciation wrong. We're right, but, you know, we can't be perfect. Penitentiary. What is it? I'm going to keep looking until I find one that it pronounces it how I thought it was. Wow. Well, yesterday you thought it was penitentiary, so. I think it is. I think I was right yesterday and I'm wrong today. <laughs> it was just spelled like that. I think it's because I know the word is pronounced penitentiary, but I didn't see it written out. And now that I see it written out, I want to say penitentiary. See? Same. Okay. My bad. I didn't know I corrected you yesterday. You I did. I apologize. <laughs> you said, wait, 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 what did you say? And I said penitentiary. And you were like, it's penitentiary. Oh, well. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> we can't <walk> <laughs> so, my prison is called Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> It was opened in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1829. So this was the first prison that really refined and imparted the system of separate incarceration, which means that they kept prisoners in solitary confinement, and they believed that by having them by themselves that they could repent and, and go to God and, and become basically a different person, get rid of the, the criminal in them by repenting to God. Well, you know, like, obviously they didn't refer to any psychologist when they did this, because that's a terrible idea. Right. And that's, I mean, I don't know, that's just, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they didn't know anything about psychology, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's been studied for quite some time now, so I don't really think they have any excuse. Yeah. So, wow, this is almost 200 years ago. Dang. This was uh, well, no, 190 years ago that it was open. So, yeah. So, as we know today, I mean, solitary confinement just, it's a recipe for insaneness. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why they did it. So, no matter what their crime was, they were put in the same living condition. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they had to have a pretty serious crime to end up at this penitentiary. But from what it seemed like, I mean, the guards, they didn't know their name or their crime, which I don't really know how that would work. 
because I feel like if the case was, oh, wait, no, this is 1929 or 1829. Okay, never mind. I was thinking, like, nowadays, it's like, you would see it on the news, but no, you wouldn't. I guess you could read it in, like, the newspaper or something. I'm sure they would have, like, some kind of picture, right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, I just feel like it'd be kind of, if they're ending up there, they did something bad enough to end up there, I feel like they wouldn't really be able to not exactly know what they did. But I think that can be kind of dangerous, like, if the guards don't know what they did. Because, I don't know, some crimes are worse than others, so I feel like if somebody committed murder versus, like, robbing something, I feel like they're not really necessarily on the same level. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, someone steals a toy from a store versus someone who slaughters, like, 30 people. Okay, well, I don't think that somebody who steals a toy from a store is going to end up at this penitentiary, all right? (laughs) I was just giving an example. More like, (laughs) more like, um, here, let's, let's throw it, let's throw it a little name drop here. Um, one of the people who, um, who was put in here was the infamous robber named, um, where is it? Named, named, named Willie Sutton, and hmm. he, he rob he was robbing for forty years, Damn. and during that career he stole an estimated two million dollars, and he spent more than half of his adult life in prison and escaped three times. How are these people escaping from prison, though? Yeah, I don't know. There was a major escape, and he was one of them. Huh. So I'll talk about that. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah. So this penitentiary was pretty revolutionary for its time, and it was replicated by over three hundred prisons worldwide. So they were like, "Oh, they're doing this whole isolation chamber type thing where they didn't have any contact, and they really thought that that was going to make them repent to God." So it was copied. Don't know why they didn't test it out first to see if it was a good idea before they implemented <laughs> it in three hundred different places. But oh, all right, logistics. So, yeah, so in this penitentiary, the way it was set up, um, it's like it's kind of like it's got like different sections, and I don't know how to describe the shape, but it's basically like. They would not be able to see anyone from where they are. And the guards, instead of being able to see, like, um, you know, normal, normal, um, prisons, how all of the, all of the cells are, like, lined together and, like, the, um, a guard could see everyone. Like, yeah. They, so for this, because it was so isolated, like, I think it was made out of cement. So they really, like, cement, metal, wood, like, all that stuff cut the noise out so they didn't have any like outside noise either oh jeez. the guards the guards would actually have to go into the cell in order to see the prisoner so they wouldn't be able to just like look at them through bars they would actually have to go in yikes yeah um in order to ensure that the prisoners didn't have any contact with even the guards or other or other prisoners when they were being transported to like their the exercise yard or whatever, they would have a bag over their head, like a thick 
black bag where they couldn't see anything. It muffled everything, so you couldn't really hear. And then um, they wore felt padded um, slippers. That I guess I don't know if it was for the other prisoners, so they couldn't hear or what. I don't honestly. I wonder if it was like for them to not hear, but also for them to like not know where they're going, so they couldn't escape that easily. Well, I mean. For the bag, yes, but for the for the felt, I don't know about the felt. Maybe that's not that's what I mean. I don't know. Um. So yeah, they would have to go inside to see. Um. Yeah. So originally, even the exercise yards were individual. Like they they were tiny little individual blocks, but eventually, in the early 1900s, they decided to make them more communal. So that they at least had a little bit of like human interaction. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, they believed that the the method of um like separate incarceration and, and um isolation. They believed that it would destroy their identity of the inmate, and, and thus destroying any criminal aspect to them and. Like, I don't know. It's just instead they just turned into like these pathetic things of a human being who didn't have any semblance of time. They didn't have any semblance of what's going on around them. Like they were just combobulated. They were or no? Wait, is that the same thing as disoriented? I um, yeah, I think so. I think it's a synonym. Yes, it is. So yeah, that's. I mean, it was just really wasn't a good place to be in. I mean, I know, like, I understand that some of the people who found themselves here were really, like, did they really deserve much better than this? But at the same time, like, prisoners have rights now for a reason. And mm-hmm. obviously this was not, this wasn't right at the time. So, let's see now. <laughs> yeah, so they... The the entire penitentiary was supposed to be designed to kind of be like a church, so it was like kind of promoting because you know like in the eighteen hundreds like religion was even more so prevalent, and they really thought like um, yeah so there there technically were ways that they could get around not talking to people they could um like tap on pipes or like talk through the vents or something like that but um. If they did that, there were... What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. They would get punishments. I'm going to talk about the punishments later. Um, This actually has been visited by many, like, haunting shows and programs. Like, um, Ghost Adventures, Most Haunted Live, um, Fear, MTV's Fear, and Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. And even, um, even, um, what is it, Uh, BuzzFeed? Oh, unsolved. BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah, they they did um, an episode on on here too. Apparently, crazy. Yeah. So, some should I do punishments first, or should I do people who were there first? Uh, do people who were there first. I think one of the most notorious criminals that was there was Al Capone. Shocker! He was everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So Al Capone was there, Willie Sutton was there, um, 
someone named James Bruno. I'm not really sure who that is, but they name dropped him. So, um, yeah, though I mean, those are pretty much the only notable people. I mean, obviously, it it saw its fair share of um of pretty bad criminal. Yeah. So, the have you like looked at what the Eastern State Penitentiary looks like? I've seen it in a YouTuber that I watched watch the went there last year for her series and so i've seen the outside and the inside of kind of what it looks like it's, it's so cool actually it kind of looks like a castle to be honest. yeah it's kind of creepy no. though <laughs> okay so yeah i mean those are pretty much the only notable people who are there it's wow they had hundreds of prisoners there it was it was filled at every moment during its operation oh my god it's pretty crazy yeah can you stop doing this oh my god okay the dog no my laptop oh so yeah it was pretty much considered hell on earth because of the simple fact that humans require human contact. Wow. You know, even yeah. the worst kind of people, they they require it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why and, so many people go crazy when they're left by themselves. Yeah, and apparently, like, the mask that they had, it wasn't just for transportation. They made them, even when they were just outside of their cell, like, they just made them wear it the entire time. Oh, and God. They, they originally didn't even have eye holes. Not eye holes were later added in the early 1900s. That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, apparently there are also full-bodied apparitions with sacks over their head aimlessly roaming around. Oh, good. Yeah, apparently several people have claimed to be eyewitness to that, so. Hmm. Sounds big, but okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so, um, there's a picture here I think we should post. Okay. Basically, they have a bed frame. Um, they have a bed frame, a table, a toilet, and a Bible. Wow. Yeah, and the toilet is literally just like a bowl, no lid, no like doesn't even look like it flushes. And then the bed is just like a crickety old metal frame, and the room is not big. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, send me whatever you want me to post. Okay. And then when I edit the episode to put it on there, I'll I'll okay. put it on there. Now into the punishments. So, um, I mean, they didn't have any obligations to ensure the well-being of the prisoners at the time. So the punishments were, like, pretty rough. So there is one called the Iron Gag. Um, it was considered to be the most deadly punishment used. And there is an iron collar clamped onto the tongue of the inmate. Ooh. Um, it was attached to, to the wrists, which were set high behind the back. So, like, I don't know if you can imagine that. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, so any movement of the hands caused um, tearing, severe bleeding of the tongue. Oh, God. Yeah, so I guess the chains had been pretty, pretty tight. 
Yeah, um, it was usually reserved for people who were caught communicating, and it um, caused many prisoners to die due to due to, due to massive blood loss. Because you know, you got a lot of um, things and shit in your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was the water bath, which um, it consisted of a prisoner being dunked in ice cold water that was hung from a wall. Oh, um. Oh, sorry. So they were dunked into ice cold water, and then they were hung from oh, from the wall for the rest of the night until the morning. And sometimes, like, so I guess they would do it when it was cold outside instead of when it was hot. Because I guess when it's hot outside, it doesn't really matter that much. Well, yeah, like, hypothermia. But um, they would do it when it was cold, and there would be a layer of ice formed on the skin. I'm sure some oh, people die from hypothermia from that. Well. I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure that some people just the shock from being submerged fully into ice is enough to really screw well, someone up. Well, I mean, people do that. Well, I mean, I mean willingly, I yes, really but not against their will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that would necessarily do much. Like, I think it's the hanging out for like ten hours and. Yeah, that's true. 20 degree weather or something like that probably is what did it. <laughs> um, okay, and then there's the mad chair. And this was where a prisoner would be strapped into a chair bound by leather straps. And they were so tight that it wasn't possible for even the smallest movement. So I guess it's kind of like a straight jacket. Um, and sometimes there it would be so tight that there wouldn't be enough blood flow to certain parts of the body which often led to um having it amputated oh god yeah so did so they put like restraints on their hands and legs or they arms were just legs? they were just i don't know that they were it just says that they were strapped into the chair i i'm it probably like i could definitely see it being around the chest and arms so that you couldn't move your arms yeah like, oh. I feel like that would be the most efficient way of, like, having somebody not move. And they probably, like, bound their knees or something, too. Yikes. Um, so they would be forced to sit there for days without food. And some a lot would just go mad just from that. Because, I mean, at least at least if you're in solitary confinement, you can still move. Unless they have you in a straitjacket like they show in, like, movies and stuff. But at least in their cell even though they don't have human interaction, which can drive you mad in its own, like, at least they still were able to move. And they were yeah. able to eat. This is really, like, I mean, I could definitely see if I, I have, like, I don't, I'm not claustrophobic, but I have a weird thing where if I'm, if I feel bound by something, I don't like it at all. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't wear winter jackets because yeah. they, even those feel like they're too binding, like they're, they're too heavy, they're too feels like i'm being i can't move so i could definitely see this just i don't even know if maybe it would it would not even take days for me to go crazy being bound like that yeah because that that's just like i don't know oh gosh that really bothers me i can't even imagine that like to me that's kind of worse than some of the other stuff i think that i would actually go crazy I don't know. yeah yeah i think that I might be okay for a couple days because I'm not claustrophobic. For I just, a couple days, you'd be fine being bound and starved. Well, okay, not the starved part, but like, I no, could just imagine, like <laughs> imagine you cannot move at all. Like, okay, you probably strap your I mean, head in, yeah, you probably strap your arms together. Like, 
you would go just just from the, the sheer wanting to move even just flex your muscles i feel like even that like i'm thinking about it right now and it's bothering me oh god having somebody like if they wrap their arms around me like even for like 10 seconds i'd be like okay get off, get off of me yeah I, I i don't know days i don't know maybe like so, an oh. hour <laughs> yeah maybe Anyway, I'm, well, yeah, continue. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure an hour, an hour isn't enough to go insane. Like a couple days, I'm sure. But I mean, yeah, like I could probably do an hour. I'd be really uncomfortable, but I don't think I'd go crazy in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> True. Okay, so um, another punishment. This is like a classic punishment. I feel like um, it's, it's called the hole. Is a pit um in the ground. Oh god. And it was under um one of the cell blocks and basically like prisoners who who like just were considered basically prisoners who were not really they didn't really consider to be um redeemable they were locked in there for weeks with little air and no light and then they would get thrown one slice of bread and some water to survive in the um, environment and there were rodents and cockroaches and like yeah so here's a fun fact you know charles dickens that lovely author yes he actually visited the prison in the 1940s and he found the conditions to be appalling oh god but why uh, did he visit like just for fun or (laughs) i'm not sure oh okay (laughs) yeah he basically was like they're being buried alive like this is i mean yeah essentially like kind of what it was and other jails were like modeling themselves off of this place yeah so it's like that's so disturbing okay yikes in 1913 which is let's see 58 years before it closed yeah um it was found to have unacceptable conditions and the and the system that they used the the separate incarceration was eliminated and the prison finally closed in 1971 so they at least they got rid of they at least they got rid of solitary confinement before they affected more people (laughs) yeah that's true so after it was closed, um, obviously there there has to be. I mean, with all of the horrors that went on there, there have to be like stories about the prison being haunted. Yeah, and um, it's it's thought that it's haunted by the ghosts and spirits of the prisoners who went insane. And um, I mean, I because they were tortured. That's basically like mental and physical torture. Well, much. yeah. So they, I'm sure. I mean, if anyone, if any place is going to be haunted, it's going to be this place. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it. Like yeah. what the I hell? Mean, I mean, even though, like, I don't know, because if I committed, even if I committed like mass robbery or something like that, I don't know. I'd still feel pretty salty that I'm being treated this way. Cause it's like, who did I really hurt? Right. But I mean, obviously, I know that like. Affects more than what we think, but still not an excuse for yeah. 
So, yeah, like I said, um, a lot of paranormal investigators have visited the location, and they found evidence. Um, yeah, I mean, so there's been stories about, like, creepy sounds that staff and guards and prisoners, even, like, dated back in the 1940s, have said that they heard because i mean by the 1940s wait oh i said 1840s which was because i was like wait a second <laughs> um i mean because even by the 1940s it was eradicated but still like i mean if if it was haunted it would be haunted in the 1940s too because they stopped all that stuff in the early 1900s so all the people that they fucked with before they would be there in 1940s i guess it makes sense that the prisoners and guards would have um, experienced it that early yeah that's true so because of the many stories like told by the people who actually physically work there it's considered to be um one of the most haunted locations in the world wow yeah so um one of the like most notable paranormal incidents that occurred there was to a locksmith called gary johnson and he was restoring cell block four by um, removing a lock that was 140 years old. Uh-huh. And the cell door, like, it was locked. So uh, he was, like, taking the lock off, I guess, to open the actual cell. Uh-huh. Um, he tried to open a cell door, but he described there being a force so powerful that it paralyzed him. And he also said that it felt like he was having an out-of-body experience. And he was drawn towards the cell, which was exuding negative energy. With, And he said that he saw hundreds of anguished faces and um, distorted forms appearing on the cell walls. Wow. Yeah. So, cause, well, it says as he tried to open the cell door, he described it being a powerful force that paralyzed him. But, I mean, that kind of contradicts itself because it's tried in diapers that was unsuccessful right? true yeah so i don't know so i guess he opened the door maybe it was like hard to open or something and and as he opened it all of this occurred to him huh. some people believe that he actually opened up a gateway for the ghost spirits who were locked in the cell um and he was interviewed um years after that and uh he would still shudder in fear of the thought of, like, what he experienced there. Wow. Yeah. So, if you want to know how you can experience the chills and the spooks of the Eastern State Penitentiary, they have tours that you can take through the prison, just like they have for the, for Alcatraz. Wait, you did Alcatraz, right? Yeah. Yeah, for Alcatraz. Yeah, so uh, apparently on the tours, some people have reported hearing giggles, weeps, whispers from the prison walls. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That is creepy, though. Dang. And where is this located? In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Eesh. Well, that was creepy. Yeah. I think, honestly, like, it's more of just the probably classic hauntings. Like, I kind of want to go, go 
I didn't know BuzzFeed unsolved it. I kind of want to go check that out, see see if they went there, like see what they said about it. Kind of want to see what just just how creepy some people have found it. Yeah, that would be interesting to see, like if you actually went there and did the tour and saw where like all of these people were tortured and murdered and ooh. Yeah. I'll talk about the good news story. Oh, right. I about that. <laughs> I know it's been a minute since we did one of these. The last time we recorded was in July. Cool. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, hey, I know, know. I know. A rough couple months. <laughs> I know. All right. So this story was found on the website called goodnewsnetwork.org and it is about McDonald's turning dozens of roadside billboards into B hotels in Sweden. So instead of just using their billboards for marketing, McDonald's is putting up their signs to good or I'm sorry, McDonald's is putting their signs to good use by attaching B hotels to the backside to the backs of roadside ads. As means of helping dwindling pollinator populations in Sweden, the restaurant chain has started drilling holes into their own billboards so the structures can be shelters for honeybees. Furthermore, the Swedish branch of the company has partnered with outdoor advertising firm J.D. Dekau, I think that's how you say it, in order to attach small bee houses to the backs of other unused roadside billboards as well. Isn't that cute? I honestly, I don't really like 100% get what you're, what, what, it, wait, what? McDonald's? Yeah. Is putting B hotels or like places. Oh! Okay, when you said B hotels, I thought you meant like, like the letter B. No. And I was like, what what are you talking about? Like I'm kinda lost here, I'm not gonna lie. Honeybees. Oh yeah, that's really sweet. That's cute. Save the honeys. <laughs> Save the honeybees. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, alright, B hotels I won't <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's funny. So, yeah, that's my story. Well, I guess that's your story and my story and my second story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm emailing okay. me to sisterspooked at gmail.com, which people can also email if they have any. Yes. Oh, ideas. And if you're listening and want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, we do look at all of those. We do have three ratings. One of them is my boyfriend, and one of them is your friend. Um, so, yes, <laughs> please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can have more than three three reviews. Thanks for checking in to... Oh, I know this is not hotel. This is a prison. Hmm. Here, <laughs> let, me, let me try and find a clever way to say this. Okay, you, 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 you look at that thing while I think of what to say. Oh, yes. I, I'll think of something. I'll okay. Something. All right. Okay. Let's see. I I was listening to you, so I wasn't I wasn't deep thinking <laughs> of what I could say. All right. Okay. What about stupid? It's not relevant. I was I was gonna say I was gonna say. Um. No. 
exactly. We didn't really talk about being handcuffed. So I was going to say, like, hope you're... No, that's, I'm not even going to tell you. It's just stupid. <laughs> oh, how about... Mm. Thanks for getting incarcerated with us. <laughs> Ew, no. <laughs> uh, I can say something. What is it called when something that wouldn't offend people? Because uh, what is it like? I'm not gonna be incarcerated. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's gonna give a fuck because no one listens. <laughs> nice. You could say something like, thanks for trying to escape the jail with us. No, that's stupid. It has to be funny. Oh, it has to be about thanks. Thanks for. Thanks for staying at our sister spook penitentiary. Oh no! <laughs> I know. I can think of something. I, I I have to keep up the like. Can't just be like thanks for getting spooky. Thanks for getting, thanks for getting, criminally insane with us. <laughs> well, it's not technically a criminally insane episode. You can well, I mean, say like criminals who went insane. Thanks for staying out of jail with us. Wow. <laughs> um. Okay, you know I'm just gonna say thanks. Thanks for getting spooky with us. Okay, I'll just okay. say that because I can't yep. think of anything. Okay, okay. If I think of something, I'll voice record it and send it to you. But okay. That, I don't. I don't know if you'll be able to use that. Okay. <laughs> thanks for getting spooky with us. Ooh. <laughs> I feel so stupid for doing that every time. Oh no. Oh no, I was shut. Couldn't be. Okay, I'm gonna go make banana bread. Okay, have lots of fun. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I have to Oh, yes, have lots of fun okay. with that as well. Yeah, I will. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.